Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. So glad you're here. For those of you who were here last week, you know we're working through Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements. And last week I set the stage a bit with the idea of what are these agreements that we make? What, what is an agreement? And in fact, we classified two or three different sorts of ones. The basic ones, of course, the agreements we make just to get along in the world. We agree, for instance, that we'll drive on the right-hand side of the road, a, a, a perfectly uh, reasonable reasonable agreement that we've managed to make with each other, and not too many people violate it, thank heavens. But we also talked about agreements that we make as families and as couples, agreements made in childhood, not so much necessarily that we're even aware of sometimes, and sometimes when they're fear-based... Uh, they can act as limiters to us. They influence our self-esteem. They attempt to portray who we are, whether that is who we are or not. And so you'll remember last week, part of your homework assignment was to ascertain whether any of the agreements at work in your life today actually feel negative, actually feel like they're keeping you down or holding you back or limiting how you experience life. And we're going we're gonna to move forward in that today with the first agreement. So Don Miguel Ruiz sets uh, forth four agreements that we're going to tackle this month. The first one is being impeccable with your word. But this idea of your word is something that we're not always quite familiar with. And so I wanted to talk a few minutes about what what it is to even have your word. What is this thing called your word? And I think a lovely place to start actually uh, is uh, from uh, Christian theology. So I'm reading from John 1 in the New Testament. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It was with God in the beginning, And through it, all things were made. Without it, nothing was made that has ever been made. In it is life, and that life is the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never overcome it. And so this idea of the word is essentially a positive pronouncement. It is an argument, it is an agreement, as we're talking about this month, for things to be the way we would choose them to be. And so when we state our word, it's not just the words that come out of our mouths, it's not even just the ideas and beliefs that we have in our, in our mind, but it is that sense of this is who and what I am. Now you'll see there are some issues with this concept because a lot of the times the way we view ourselves in the world wasn't wholly of our construction. A lot of the times the, the feelings and beliefs that we have about ourselves, about our family, or about society have been kind of imprinted on us in a way in early childhood. You know, uh, perhaps someone when we were very small said, you know, you talk too much. You just need to be quieter. Or maybe someone noticed that we maybe were crying a few times and they said, you know, you just need to toughen up. Little boys are supposed to behave this way. 
And when we allow ourselves to take on those agreements, of course, uh, at some point it becomes our own word. It becomes who we think of ourselves, and we begin buying into that. And you'll remember last week I used an example of an agreement that I really hadn't made, and yet I had made with my own mother around my artistic abilities, or as I thought, my lack of them, right? And I based an agreement with my mom on supporting one another on really an isolated incident where I thought that she had perhaps uh, not approved of one of my artistic creations. And I internalized that, a new agreement with myself, I'm not a very good artist. Now, was that an agreement that she and I negotiated out with lawyers? No. <laughs> I mean, we're used to agreements being more official or, or more negotiated. But I'm here to say 99% of the agreements you have with yourself, with your family, with the world have never actually been talked through at all. We've made assumptions, we've, uh, we've noticed things and reached conclusions about it, and then, then we've defined our own selves and our relationships based on this information that may not even be true. And you'll remember last week, uh, the way that we summarized that is, it's the dream of the planet. It's just a dream based on these agreements of which we actually have way more control over than we think. And you'll remember the magic word I introduced last week was the word renegotiation. We always have the opportunity of renegotiating one of those agreements that's at work in our lives. We literally can go up to people or we can reanalyze our own thoughts and come up with a different answer. So today I want to move forward in this idea of what our word is and being able to be impeccable with our word. And of course I did manage to find a joke that goes with it. So Mrs. Swindon declined to serve on the jury because she was not a believer in capital punishment. She didn't want her beliefs to get in the way of the trial. But madam, said the public defender, who had taken a liking to her kind face, this is not a murder trial. It's merely a civil lawsuit brought about by a wife against her husband. He gambled away $12,000 that he'd promised to spend on a diamond bracelet for her. Hmm, mused Mrs. Swindon. So he gave his honest word about that bracelet? The public defender nodded. Well, all right, I'll serve. I could be wrong about capital punishment. <laughs> and so the idea of being impeccable with our word is really to notice our pronouncements, to really notice that we are on the positive side of how we view ourselves, how we view our families, how we view our relationships, how we view the world, and to stay in, in alignment with what we would like to see happening rather than some of the blips and troubles that we see. Now, this isn't about ignoring, of course, things that go on in the world. We, we have to participate. Uh, but there's a difference between noticing that something is going on and taking action and equating it to who you are and what you are. And of course, I think the best way to puzzle through this with you is through some examples. 
So an example that I would like to use, and, and I noticed this last week, as it just happened as I was circulating through the week with friends and family and acquaintances and helping Daniel out at the dance studio and other things, I noticed a whole lot of people had made an agreement with themselves and with poverty. I noticed a great deal of people saying, well, I can't afford that, and there's never enough money to do what I want to do. My bills are never paid. I noticed at the dance studio, someone, and believe me, the group dance lessons are very affordable. I think they're like $12 for an hour class, right? I mean, I think very affordable. And, and a couple of people said, well, I just don't know whether I'm going to be able to do this. It's just out of my range. And I thought to myself, this is a perfect example of this idea of not only the agreements that we have made with ourselves, but also the power of our word. So first of all, the agreement for a lot of these people was there is lack and it's for me. One person was talking about not being able to afford things certain times of the month because of when her check came and, and things like that. And you could see that there was a, a self-identification with fixed incomes and ability to provide. And, and then, of course, the pronouncements that I heard around it were actually a negative use of this power of the word. I could never afford to do that. I'm on a fixed income. The, the good life just isn't for me. Notice how those are, are very much a pronouncements. This is true for me. That is using the power of your word, but in a very limiting way. You're basically saying, that's who I am and that's what I expect. And sadly, when that power of the word moves out into the world, when we make our pronouncement, when we use that, the, the ancient Greeks called it logos. And the idea of logos was a convincing and creative argument to the world. And so when we make a convincing argument out into the world, the world goes, well, okay then. If you're poor, you're poor. Here, experience it. If, if there's lack in your life, if you, there's never enough money to pay the bills, well then, okay, so be it. Here's some more bills. Here's some more experience of lack. Now, I don't want to be confused by the fact that we do go through periods of time when there doesn't appear to be enough, but do you see the difference between experiencing lack temporarily and standing for lack, calling it forth, using your word for it. A very different idea. Actually, as soon as I came into science of mind, I, I really seized on this idea of, oh my gosh, here's something I can just do away with, this idea of, of anything to do with poverty. And I made a pact with myself. I made an agreement with myself that I would never claim poverty. And I think I've been pretty successful at that. You will not hear me say, I can't afford a new car. Now you may hear me say, I'm not choosing to buy a car this year, right? But you are never going to hear me say, I can't afford a new car. You're never going to hear me say, we can't afford to go on a vacation this year. For one thing, it would be a fib, 
I mean, if I really wanted that $80,000 Tesla, which is pretty sweet, I have to admit, <laughs> been looking at it, and if I really wanted that, I could put a second mortgage on the house, right? I can afford that car. I absolutely can. Now, am I choosing to do that? No, I'm not choosing to do that because I believe in value-based economic decisions. I'm a good steward of the abundance I have. Do you see how this is positive? I'm talking very positively about the abundance I have, how I can leverage it to make good decisions. These are all positive aspects of recognizing there should be value for the good I have in the world. But you're not going to hear me say, I can't afford something. Because the truth is, I absolutely could afford just about anything on this planet. I could afford it. I'm choosing not to. Do you see the difference? And so when we begin making our agreements slightly differently, when we begin not talking about poverty, not talking about lack of love in our lives, another thing I noticed this week, and I think it might have to do with this novel coronavirus going around, people I think are feeling a little isolated. And so I noticed a number of people talking about them feeling a bit isolated as though the love had been drained out of their lives. And, and again, you do not want to claim loneliness. You do not want to claim isolation. When your word goes out, it will have an effect. Instead, you can choose to be by yourself. You can enjoy your own company, right? Huge difference here. Huge difference here. And some of these, again, were agreements we made when we were very young. I'm just not very lovable. I just am uh, destined to be myself because I, I don't get along well with people. Do you see these as negative pronouncements using our word negatively? Instead, make sure that your word counts for what you want to have in the world. And if you want to enjoy your own company more, that's fine. That's a positive way of claiming it. And if you would rather experience more uh, connection with people, more love in your life, then let's claim that, not the lack of it. Let's make our word count for something that will draw to us the, the love and the abundance and the joy and the peace and the effervescence of life that we deserve and absolutely can have. And so when Don Miguel Ruiz talks about being impeccable with your word, that's exactly what he's talking about. He's saying we all use our word, but often we use it in negative ways. Often we use it to impact our own fear-based sense of what's going on. Often we use it to actually keep us small and keep our ability to be and to do confined rather than to set us free, rather than to really recognize the unlimited potential of the universe. And so being impeccable with your word is really noticing the thoughts 
and beliefs, and in particular, your pronouncements. If you notice yourself making I am statements, and I have statements, and I will statements, these are all absolutely that pronouncement. That's your word going out. And so when you say, I'm lovable, you expect love. When you say, I'm abundant, expect abundance. When you really claim for yourself the relationship that's beautiful and and loving and divine, well, expect that back because that is your word going forth. And when we're impeccable with our word, we also notice the opposite. We also notice if we're sending out our word against us and we will put a stop to it we will choose to modify that word that logos that that impelling and creative argument that we're making to the universe we're going to switch it into something in more alignment with which we wish something that we want instead of something that we don't want so I'm going to ask a favor of you all, and, and I hope you're game for this. This month, I think this is a safe place for renegotiation. I would like to think that. And I will offer myself up as the, the first person willing here to work in community to see the impeccability of my own personal word. And so you all have the option of mentioning to me, you know, Larry, when you said you're not much of an artist, is that the way you wish to be viewed? Do you see how we might actually help one another through this process? If you notice me complaining about church finances, it's fair game for you to say, that's interesting. Now, let's puzzle through this together. What is the word that we want to create around abundance and wholeness for this center? Does that make sense? So what I'm suggesting is I'm free game and let it be known to your friends and peers here if you would like a little help with this idea of being impeccable with your word as well. And we'll do it with great kindness. We'll do it with great honesty. All it requires is just an open-heartedness to notice some of the agreements that maybe you're not even aware of. Because, of course, we can't renegotiate if we don't even notice we're in the middle of one. If we don't even notice that we're perhaps talking about lack and limitation. If we don't notice it, we can't come up with a new agreement. If we don't even notice we're talking about isolation and loneliness, how is love going to be renegotiated? If we, if we don't even notice that we're worried about illness or growing older or whatever it might be, whatever negative agreement that we might have made without someone to point it out to us, without some assistance from people who care about us in, in ideally a safe environment, Without that, we're unlikely to make a change. So that's my thought for the rest of this month, is that we might be willing to use each other a bit as guinea pigs in keeping these four agreements. Are we game? Is that reasonable? All right, so about half of you are saying that's okay. And that is okay. You don't have to play along with this, uh, but I think it will actually be a help for you.
So I do want to use a couple more examples about how we can make new agreements, how being impeccable with our word can impact our lives. So I want to move right up into this novel coronavirus as an experiment for being impeccable with your word. And I'll, I'll use an example. I was helping my partner Daniel at a dance class just a couple days ago. And of course, the studio now has uh, little bottles of hand sanitizer and things like that. They're very aware of, of possible health risks. And so here this class of people who had never been together are, are meeting. And of course, ballroom dancing is touching. It's, it's intimate, right? And so the first thing we did was we negotiated the agreement that we were going to have. For one thing, we did a little hand-washing party. We all literally went into the restrooms and washed our hands good, right? It's like, why wouldn't we? It was a sweet little agreement, a new agreement that we would have for each other around this issue that's coming up. Actually, we didn't even do much beyond that. The instructor of the class also made us all aware that if anyone was feeling flu, cold, those kind of symptoms, uh, that they would be asked not to participate at this time, just as a safety precaution. Those were really about the only two things we did. It was a fabulous class, but I would point out a couple things. A couple came in late to the class. They didn't get the benefit of our talking about the new agreement. And so at the end of the class, they were talking about how this was probably their last dance class for the foreseeable future. That they had felt they were taking a risk going out in public that day and that they were pretty much going to curtail their liveliness out in the world because of this virus. Okay, so you'll notice within about a half hour span, we saw two very different kind of agreements being made. Those of us who got there early and went through this process of honoring each other's safety, but also claiming our truth, we're not worried about this. We're going to do what's necessary and what's appropriate, and we're going to live life. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're here to dance, right? And another couple who didn't see it that way, who were going to be working through their life in a very fear-based agreement, around the whole world coming to an end and them holding up in their home until safety prevailed. Way different kind of agreement. And so as you go about your week, as you go about your life, just be very aware of the agreements that you're making and your ability to modify them, your ability with some forethought and some good communication skills to come up with something that's actually freeing and about love and about community and about joy rather than some kind of a fear-based agreement about not having enough, about the world being in bad shape or so on and so forth. So your homework this week, it probably isn't going to be any surprise at all it's to see what fear-based agreements are going on in your head right now and how you might change them into something more positive. 
So rather than setting forth your word towards calamity or trouble, we're going to set our word towards something positive like safety, something positive like love, something positive like community spirit. We can tackle exactly the same issues in our lives and do it from that place of opportunity rather than fear. We can do it from that place of true connection and belief in one another and our ability to maintain love and life no matter what's going on. That can be our focus. That can be the word that we send forth even as we're tackling issues of family, even as we're tackling issues of abundance. Uh, we can simply choose to do it from that place of positivity and progress towards something that's wholesome and wonderful. So that's your homework this week. The idea of looking through the agreements that you're making right now and noticing if they're positive, noticing if they're wholesome. Notice if they're moving you towards something that you want to experience rather than towards something that you're worried about or that creates anxiety. So we've covered some fundamental groundwork today. We've examined how the world has come to work the way it is. We've learned about the power of our word, our creative logos, those pronouncements and I am statements that we've had. We've learned how the universe reflects them back to us. If we stand for peace, we will see more peace. If we stand for love, we will see more love. And then finally, we're beginning this first agreement to be impeccable with our word, to really notice with intentionality what I'm claiming to be true for myself and for the world. And we're going to do our best efforts, our impeccability around making sure that our word is for the good of ourselves and others, not dragging us down, not limiting us, not keeping us held back. Make sense? All right, I'm going to close today with a quote from the end of this chapter and a prayer. He says, be impeccable with your word. This is the first agreement that you can make if you truly wish to be free. If you want to be happy, if you want to transcend the level of existence that can be hell, it's very powerful. Use your word in the correct way. Use your word to share your love. Use your word and begin with yourself to tell yourself how wonderful you are, how great you are. Tell yourself how much you love yourself. Use your word to break all those teeny, tiny agreements that have made you suffer. And then he goes on to say, just imagine what you can create with impeccability of your word. With the impeccability of your word, you can transcend any dream of fear and live a different life. You can choose to live in heaven in the middle of thousands of people sensing themselves in hell because you are immune to that hell. You can attain the kingdom of heaven from this one agreement be impeccable with your word. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one love, one joy. There is but this one God. And I know that means me. I know I'm in the midst of spirits, love and light, of joy and abundance, of, of good health, of dynamic joy. Truly, God's life is my life to experience and to love. 
And this week I claim for myself, I claim for the people here, there is that ability to notice the agreements that we have made with ourselves that maybe are not in alignment with those spiritual principles of love and light, of joy and abundance. And so I, I call forth to my own heart to begin remaking, renegotiating some of the agreements that, that are not positive to instead allow my word to go forth in its creative power to bring about more joy, more love, more peace, more happiness, more health, more vigor. This is the nature of who I am. It's the nature of, of spirit moving through me to experience all of this goodness. And as it is true for me, it is true for everyone here. Everyone here has the capability of using their word for good, good for themselves, good for their family, good for this nation, good for the planet. Each of us capable of making agreements that hold on high all that is dear to us. And so for this, I give great thanks. For this, I recognize in spirit that ultimate keeper of all agreements. It will be done unto us as we believe. And so for this, I give great thanks. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.